Welcome to, uh, I think, what is uh, in all likelihood uh, the final episode of the Dan and Matt show uh, for 2023. Uh, just uh, hope it's all been unchaotic. And if it has been chaotic, I hope uh, you're coming through it okay. Just uh, a little positive mental wellness vibes coming mm. at you, courtesy of the uh, Dan and Matt show. So, how are you doing, Dan? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Doing pretty good. Uh, I was fortunate to have, like, a pretty nice, chill couple of days off, like, over the past couple of days for the whole holiday situation. And uh, I go back to work tomorrow morning. Um, Same as me? Yep. And, uh, yeah, I've had a pretty good time. You know, just mostly just hanging out with Jen and with the dog, who is uh, here with me now. As well. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Jen, Jen being uh, the uh, the SO. Uh, yes, and, Jen uh, being my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, and and the dog's name Henry. Henry. If I can yes. Disclose things that you say on to millions of people that you don't know. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's good. Um, yeah. I'll just say uh, I've had for my own part a pretty. Um, I'm, I'm, I've moved from like living in a museum, uh, kind of upstairs in my previous apartment situation, which was fully tricked out, fully like I'm paying BC level prices for just like you know. Anyway, it was it was off the hook, um, but now I moved into a place that's at half the price point, same building, just moved downstairs. I call it the bunker. Uh, it's like the garden bunker. Uh, actually, that's Paula. My SO uh, came uh, up with it. She was like, yeah, it's a bunker, and it's really sparse. And she's like, it's it's like you. This place reminds me of you. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to take that backhanded compliment for exactly what it's worth. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like 2023 generally was sort of chaotic for me, but Chaotic has also been the norm for me for a number of number of years, but I do feel ultimately quite good about how things are winding down. Mm. Whereas uh, mainly on account of having a job where I didn't for a while. Um, so, anyways, man, uh, why don't you just why don't we cut to the chase? This is our some of our favorites of 2023. Exactly. Uh, somewhat already guessed. And Dan, why don't we even just jump in here? What's your what's your number one on your list, my friend? Uh, well, I just had it was actually a really good year for music, honestly. I um, think so too, totally. Yeah. First off, I mean, before we get to the new stuff, I just want to say there were so many great reissues this year too. To start off, um, I know I have. I think we both have copies of that uh, awesome Shotmaker three LP. Uh, box set reissue. Uh, mine's here under a pile of a couple other things as well. Um, yeah, I got mine here also. You got um, still in the plastic, man. What's with that? Well, I haven't. Uh, I didn't want to just like have like the loose box raw dog and on the shelf just yet. So I still Fair had enough. some shrink wrap, shrink wrap on the outside. Um, okay. And none of the plastic bags I have are quite big enough. Um, Legit, know, I'm just like, please tell me you're not going to try and resale that. Oh know, God, in, no. In no, condition, no, no! Six months later, for a hundred bucks more than what you paid for it, because that's your yeah. thing. Um, I know no. that you're not, but just yeah, man, not, I, I couldn't wait to get my sweaty hands all over this, man. I just yeah. I played the shit out of it on my stereo. I listened to nothing but it for a week, mm. uh, basically, as soon as I got it. And uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I've been more psyched. I mean, I'm like, I, I keep like, I'm literally like, these dudes, 
were like literally active. This said 93 to 96. Those were literally the years that I was in high school. Mm. Um, and for me, like, I'm just like, and then, and, you know, the bass player, the, the kid who went on to be, you know, work at uh, OCAD and be a serious yeah. uh, artist. I'm like, can you imagine? This is just like your throwaway high school fucking angst art project. And mm-hmm. like, I'm like, oh, that fucking chat book I did with Joe Blades. And, yeah. you know, like, imagine if that just suddenly turned into something that sold 50,000 copies for no, like, it's just, you know, it's, it, these dudes were just so fucking, they were so far ahead of mm-hmm. the curve. And I keep listening to it now. And I'm just like, I'm amazed. Like, I don't know if it's just deep, deep seated nostalgia or what, yeah. but the music still resonates with me very much. I don't know. Man. Oh, it's still Sorry totally... to monopolize your conversation here. No, but... no, no, that's okay. No, that like that one in particular totally stands up. Like there were a couple other, I wanted to kind of like shout out a few other reissues that happened this year as well. Like uh, De La Soul's catalog finally ending up Fucking on streaming in early March, which you. is great, and getting some vinyl reissues as well. After that stuff was like tied up and like sample clearance hell forever. Um, and actually, another one here that I have a real copy of that I picked up a little while ago uh, was a reissue of Victoria Band Jonas. Uh, Dude, from... can you speak more to that because I don't think you mentioned them before. I haven't mentioned them before. They're not like. They they were they didn't actually exist all that long. They were only around for like a couple of years in the mid nineties in Victoria. Uh but their vocalist Haji ended up playing in that band Wolf Parade. Uh that Shit, runs sub pop. Really? Um okay. yeah, the sort of like Green keyboard player from Wolf folks, Parade. Um, okay. But it's like really fast, heavy, like technical kind of like sort of straddling the line between like hardcore and like just straight up grindcore kind of stuff and like Haji's got very abrasive vocals on most of it um and they were a band that existed basically in victoria basically just before i moved there and all those guys had kind of like you know it's like they were done with their like you know kind of like their their fast and heavy crazy grindcore phase and they were moving on to all these other different kind of projects instead so and like it was that era where it's like if you didn't get however many copies of the cassette then you just there's there you go you heard somebody talk about what a great show that was when that band played whatever basement. Um, and yeah, I know I shout out Supreme Echo Records a lot, but yeah, again, that's another one of their recent releases is uh, this Jonas Patterns of Dominance LP. Uh, I picked this up recently with a couple other things of theirs. And yeah, it's just pretty cool. Like if you like sort of the fast and heavy stuff um, with kind of like ties to Canadian indie rock of the aughts. Like it's pretty cool. Like, and who I enjoy doesn't? It. Come on, exactly. you know you like it. Um, if you're listening to this podcast at all, this is yeah. exactly the kind of thing you should like, right? And I mean, uh, there's a couple other reissues that are definitely on my want list that came out recently, which was SSD Control from Boston re-released their Kids Will Have Their Say LP from 1982. Um, and in the past few years, I've ended up following their guitarist Al Barrell. Uh, who's like just a retired engineer from a GE plant in Massachusetts who like played in a hardcore band when he was in his early early 20s and now he's in his 60s like going through some health stuff but like and his wife is like you know she's a writer now and like has put out like one of the things she did was she put out like an archival photo book about the band with like interviews and stuff and then sort of pivoting off of that they ended up doing a like a 40th anniversary re-release of uh, their LP uh, which was like self-released in Boston in the early 80s like there only however many like probably a couple thousand copies originally and then that was that um, and they went on to try other things <laughs> later on but this was like their really short fast you know angry la- you know sort of yeah just like the beginnings of hardcore like one of those bands that would have been playing with like minor threat and like bad brains and black flag and stuff like that when they came through boston um and there's another reissue that just came out that i think i'm probably going to try and pick up next paycheck uh which is a great italian anarcho-punk band called contra um 
who uh, Italian anarcho punk. Who they're that's so the anarchist that they say that their their seven Sorry. inch that I was like the piece of music of theirs that I first sort of became acquainted with and first sort of fell in love with uh, Solo Salvaggi from 1992. Uh, that uh, the last song on that is actually them covering like a traditional uh, like anti anti authoritarian pirate drinking song. Uh, from like whatever like medieval period of Italian history, um, yeah, and they're just kind of like fast and loud and thrashy and angry with these weird kind of like pleasant melodic piano bits and like their singer. I'm pretty sure she's she must be classically trained because it's like you know it's like it's like, it's like Motorhead taking it. It's one of those things where like. You know, a song starts out sounding like Motorhead and then takes a slight detour into sounding like Tori Amos for about 30 seconds. <laughs> and just this other, like, you know, fast, thrashy part. Like, they're pretty great. Um, and their original demo, E Aviato, e, I'm going to mispronounce it, E Aviato Apuk, which is a reference to, like, a William Burroughs piece. Of course. Um, the destroyer. Any other way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that just got re-released, and I kind of can probably. I know someone that has a copy that I can probably still get, and that I'm hoping to maybe get. But yeah, just a lot of really cool reissues just off the bat, and then so many other great new bands too. Like it's just blowing my mind. But yeah, first off, my first thing I just wanted to start out by saying like, just great reissues in general. Specifically, that Shotmaker record or Shotmaker box set. I, I I had just a couple of mental sort of seizures. Just like, just I don't know. It was like what you were pointing out or how you were describing it. But just like, and then the Tori Amos emo woman breakdown in the middle of the thing. <laughs> like, oh my god! I mean, and yeah, but then I, he, there were bands that I know were like influential, and like Submission Hold, for example. Right, like, right. I know those folks are fans shit. of theirs. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it, kind of it, like the one of those bands is like sort of the roots of that sort of sound, but in like the mid to late, so like the late eighties, early nineties, like, and so in Europe, of, folks. One of these, like, of course, is fucking Europe. Like, yeah, like, these, like, like the, 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 the total, like, the like, you know, we bought this, we bought this art center from the local like estate council for a dollar. And now, you know, we run it as a collective. And- they promised to run the squatters out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like we run, you know, we run. No, it's like the squat. It is. They are the squatters. Like, you know. The squatters each ponied up $2. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, like that's sort of like the whole like. You know, that's there's Tony like a Blair really, in a anyway. That's, there's that's like cool. a very, there's like a yeah. long sort of history, like sort of like squatted art center, center kind of like scene in Europe. And they were one of those bands that sort of traveled a lot around the Italian end of it. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that was mine. Just like a lot of cool reissues from the start. I would just um, say, to finally add to that, like if we actually grow a pair and do a show about our favorite woman like only female artists and just like maybe that could be next next episode well man i mean i'm the producer i'm just like let's get it onto the website and get it onto spotify and uh dan sort of like the overall direction of the show and theming and uh you know you know intellectual and cultural legitimacy (laughs) I'm just kind of executing on the deliverables they're put in front of me, you know. So, I mean, I, I'm just, and I'll just be like, I'm the most bro, middle aged, you know, fucking woke wannabe, like fucking whatever, whatever. It's just like, let's just fucking do it. Let's just like, let's let's just like not be cowards more than we already are. Um, okay, swell. Things to look forward to in the uh, upcoming year, folks. Uh, you know, so 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 reissues. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say it. I mean, fucking speaking of things between Shopmaker and uh, the replacements, which many of you. Oh know, yeah, the replacements I mean, one. I'm I'm just gonna say. I mean, like, I mean, if you if you add, you know, 
if you have, if you had to reduce the music that I was most passionate about and committed to for a certain period of time, you know, you throw this along with Husker Du uh, and, uh, you know, um, it, it's just, it, it's a pretty limited set, which led to a whole bunch of other directions for me. And uh, the replacements, for whatever reason, it was like it, they did a fucking miserable job of looking after their own career when they were like actually active. But since then, due in a very large part to Bob Mayer, their biographer, uh, the guy who wrote Trouble Boys, their biography from a few years back, um, it was a number one New York Times bestseller in like, you know, music biographies or whatever. So, I mean, it went mainstream enough to the point that, you know, some years later after their sort of little mini reunion where they did, you know, 50 or 60 shows, including Riot Fest in Toronto, um, you know, they've done a really good job of curating their post-peak, you know, career because everyone was like, these dudes, it was part of the mystique. It's like these dudes fucking underperform and blow themselves up on the regular and let's put them on the biggest stage that we can to watch it happen because Paul Westerberg is and remains a fucking songwriting god, uh, parallel, unparalleled in the fucking mainstream, you know. For for people of Gen X, you mentioned Paul Westerberg, they might get misty eyed, like, oh my dear lord. Catnip. It's just like you start to get wet in your, you know, in your, in your jeans, just, you know, whatever your thing is. Right. Because you're right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm good. So I'll spare you. I'll spare you from my lengthy, lengthy more than I already have, believe it or not. Um, and I'll just say kudos to everybody who's involved. Um, and this is all the last thing I'll go out on with this is um, it actually, you know, when this came out, because Every friggin' year, like, they've had, like, it's like Bob Mayer presented, you know, Paul Westerberg or whoever represents him. He's like this friggin', you know, Salinger motherfucker, you know, the guy who wrote the, uh, you know, Catcher in the Rye. And then he's like, he's got all this fucking stuff in his basement and nobody even knows, but, you know, it's awesome. Um, And, you know, you get whoever his representation is in with Tommy Stinson's representation and, you know, Chris Mars and whatever. You loop them all in and you get them. And, and so this is just, they're going to do a few more of these things before they're done. And uh, I, for one, can't hardly fucking wait. So um, I'm sure I have more to say to that that was better. But uh, in true replacements fashion, I'll leave it at that for now. So thank you all for perhaps the most personally. Oh, and before I forget, I've got three pieces of clothes on me. Tommy Stinson of The Replacements released a record this year. It's really friggin' good. Cowboys in the Campfire. I had the fucking chance to see Tommy Stinson, one of my favorite musicians of all time, at the fucking Capitol in Fredericton, and I was so broke and pathetically self-miserable at the time. I just was like, yep, bought the ticket, can't go. One of those. Um, And, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Ending it on a positive note. Fighting as the Koreans say. What's your number two, dude? My number two is um, the most recent album by Boston's Fiddlehead. Uh, Death Never is nothing to us. Um, I think I sent it to you in Facebook Messenger. Like I think I sent you the link saying you might be into it, but it was in with some other stuff. Uh, I'm at one glad point. it's going to be in the show but notes. It will definitely yeah. be in the show notes. Uh, they've been around since, I think, like the early 2010s. Uh, fronted by a guy named Pat Flynn, uh, who spent a lot of time previously in like a straight edge hardcore band called Have Heart. Um, and Fiddlehead is, I don't want to say his emo band, but, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and plays big, epic, open, melodic chords about like kind of like mortality and fatherhood and like you know just like contemplating existence and that kind of thing um while calling back to like a lot of artists like yeah like hot water music and like 
you know, just a lot of those kind of sound, like just, you know, just gruff, melodic, you know, no other way to call it emo kind of sounds. And yeah, I've really been into it. Uh, their previous album from 2021, uh, Between the B- Between the Richness, was uh, my first time really kind of getting into them. Like, I missed the boat on Have Heart. They were a thing that I just wasn't into at the time that they were around, you know, for lack of a better term or lack of a better description. <clears throat> but uh, a friend of mine had been, when Between the Richest came out, a friend of mine had been talking about, you know, how much they enjoyed the band. So I figured I'd check it out. And yeah, I thought that album was pretty good. So yeah, when Death Is Nothing To Us came out this fall, what was like something that just ended up in regular rotation for me. And uh, yeah, like... It's definitely worth checking out. Um, you can get it via Bandcamp um, as so, well. It's on your streaming services and stuff. Um, I'm raising my hand, dude. I'm yeah. raising my hand. I got a question. Yeah, I, I got a question. What the fuck happened to Bandcamp this year? Um, uh, they've unfortunately changed hands. I heard that you know, and had some staffing transformation situations. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, it still exists as a place to like buy and sell music, which is good. Um, but it's one of those things that like the people that owned it for a long time and built it, sold it to some venture capitalists. And then those venture capitalists sold it to the people that make Fortnite. And then the people that make Fortnite sold it to some other people. And then those people fired a bunch of people that had just unionized in their like editorial department. And that wasn't cool. Um, Way yeah, shitty. and it still exists as a platform for now. But every, yeah. the people that are still there, I, from what I can tell from social media, it seems like you know it's one of those like mm, um, I'm pretty sure they're still doing their Bandcamp Fridays, uh, where like more of the proceeds go to the artist, like on specific Fridays of the month. Is Bandcamp shittier than Spotify or not? Uh, or is it like shit? It was like ways? way better. It's just it's more so it's it's not so much shittier, it's that it's being gutted. Okay. Is the thing. Yeah, Fair that's enough. the thing. It's okay. Spotify is still like one of those like you know like everything admit, I read about I use that, it, oh, but I it's just, just it's really uh, it seems uh, like it's it's one of those like you know, existing in modern day kind of things to consume media sometimes. Like, I've been trying to buy more physical media lately, but it's still, there's some stuff that I still listen to electronically. And right. yeah, ba- Bandcamp is good because you can buy electronic copies as well. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And like download them on your own. Um, and they have like a little app you can listen to stuff in also. But yeah, it like I said, uh, to my knowledge, the company has changed hands a few times. Uh, or like in the past couple of years, saying? yeah, it's, it's yeah, a and it was yeah, yeah, it was like it's a handy, yeah, yeah. like yeah. and it was like at one point bought by the company that makes Fortnite. I'm gonna refrain from about <laughs> Fortnite because I have kids who I literally watch turn into my most prized humans in the whole world, you know. My the, the people I love the most in the whole world, and both of them went through this whole thing. Fortnite, Fortnite. I'm like, fuck off and die. Fortnite is what I. That was my parental opinion of it, kind of uh, at the time. No offense, children, if you're listening. It's <laughs> like on general principle. That was literally where I became. I'm a fucking mean old man. Get the fuck off my lawn. When I started seeing like my kids, just like. Well, I bought you the computer, and I'm paying your hundred dollar, you know, a year subscription. To this yeah, and this is why you're like doing it with. And they're like, back in my pre-internet era, I was like, I had a book, and I had a friggin', you know, like whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's just like it's kind of, and my kids, you know. They're just like, yeah, dad, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, thanks. And then they close the bedroom door. (laughs) Okay, good response, legit, legit. So anyway, man, I've rammed this off on so many different tangents here. Um, Yeah. Why don't you just tell me about our number three? Why don't you tell me about your number three? My number three? You know what? Uh, 
there's some artists that just kind of I wouldn't say they're my favorite, but they yeah. have entered. They just you know they get in there and it's all of a sudden you know blame it on algorithms or whatever. But it's just like or the rain, yeah, or the rain, or just the fact that they write some damn good songs. Um, but this is a military gun, man. I feel like I, I feel guilty for not having listened to them at this point, simply because you mentioned them so many times. Every time yeah. I see it on Pitchfork, I'm like, "Fuck, that left out sounds rad. I should check that out." Yeah, and check, man. And I, just, I utterly failed to. I'm sorry. It's just I don't know. It's why. it's it's okay. You're gonna hear them eventually. I'm sure. Of that's I'll, the I'll, thing. I'll, that's I'll the thing. It's like it's it's like there. I I I I really do. You know, their new album is like their first actual full length came out this year. Um, oh, jeez, what was it? Sorry, I have to look it up quickly. Um, yeah, Life Under the Gun. Um, and nice title. The very they're on, uh, they're on like well done, children. A yeah. pretty big yeah. label. At this point, and like they originally started out, like they're they're sort of the brainchild of this guy Ian Shelton, uh, who originally was in a band called Regional Justice Center, that were like kind of like a really loud, fast, heavy band. Um, okay. And then he decided, oh god, I swear to God, when I listen to interviews with this band, it's they the you know every once in a while you hear some you hear somebody and it seems like it's like it seems like they. They're they're just discovering the idea that someone can like play kind of heavy, catchy music and sing. You're not going to start talking to me about "Bring Me the Horizon," are you? Like what? No, I'm not. But it's like just the way that this guy gets interviewed. Sometimes it's like okay, I really do enjoy their music, but it's like okay, okay, it's cool, man. It's fine. Yeah. Cool. We know we know you're I don't really even into... like, I don't even know why I'm I'm like against it, but yeah. everything you're telling me and says like, I can just be a grown up and listen, so I'm gonna And no, they do write some good songs. That's the thing. And it's like they straddle it's like their older stuff, like they released like a couple EPs uh a couple years ago, um, and then sort of put them all together as one package and did this thing that I thought was cool was like they were going to be touring with three other bands, including another one that I'm going to talk about later on, MS Paint. Um, oh. And they recorded collaborations with each of the bands that they were going That's to be touring it. with That's and included cool. them on this, like, sort of the special tour edition where it was, like, putting out an LP with all their seven inches they put out at that point with these three other songs at the end with, like, you know, a song with them and MS Paint playing a song together and, like, them and, like... You know, this band from Vancouver they were touring with for part of the shows, like doing a song together and them and this, you know, and like bands of different styles, too. And it's like they're a pretty versatile band, it seems like. And like, like it's all folks that sort of come from heavier music deciding to play something catchier is the best way to describe it. And like there's even like but it's like you hear a bit of like like listening to the new album it's like i hear a little bit of jawbreaker sometimes and i hear a little, oh, little bit of almost like early, like Man, honestly like like okay. a little Fast but just a, like i'd say like but like no i'm talking like i'd say jawbreaker but like later jawbreaker like getting oh, into fist fights backstage era jawbreaker, even the underappreciated <laughs> jawbreaker even yeah <laughs> like me uh, and uh what's it they, they really they have a couple they have a few songs that really kind of not it's not like they're intentionally cribbing from them, but they really give off a lot of the same vibes of like some of the early Modest Mouse stuff that was a little more chaotic sounding, but still like you know, with like you know a, a sense of melody to it. Um, and yeah, they're just it's like they're that fucking fun, catchy band that's probably going to be all over the place in a few years. That like you know. They could be the Foo Fighters of the. They're, they're youngsters who are off to a good start. Exactly, they're well young folks off to a good start. We admire your promise. And like we, one of the, I, I do like the fact that they seem style headlining. <laughs> exactly, and they seem like they're they're definitely take a like, you know, rising tide raises all boats sort of approach, and yeah. really sort of like try to bring up bands that they like. Like yeah, like MS Paint, who are going to talk about later on like right. that's who they've done a lot of touring with and who they've really kind of like helped make connections to labels and stuff um just which i thought was pretty cool just because 
yeah, it's nice to see like bands like helping each other out and stuff as well. And yeah, they're 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 a band I like. And you know what? I'm gonna throw one other band in there because they're a band that's toured with Military Gun. Sure. Uh, they're a band that some people have some hot takes about, but fuck it, I don't care. They're kind of in that same boat of like, you know, younger punks play, you know, taking a turn for the more accessible, but it's Scowl. Okay, um, this is uh, we're gonna we're gonna add this to the list of things I've heard of but have not listened to. Um, so, um, for those who are thusly uninitiated, can you do the one minute uh, preamble prior to? Um, I'm assuming they have a record out this year, which is why you're yeah. They that. have a they put an EP this yeah. year called Psychic Dancer Team. So who uh, and why should who are they and why should I be interested? They are a band from the Bay Area uh, started so this is around the mid 2000 teens. Um, they put out their first full length LP in 2021, How Flowers Grow, um, which was more of like a fast, heavy kind of thrashy hardcore with abrasive vo- uh, vocals uh, by Cat uh, Moss, who has. Uh, she, I think, does a lot of like the band's like visual aesthetic stuff as well. Where like you know they may play like fast. They did start out playing a lot of like fast, heavy, like you know, screamy hardcore with breakdowns kind of thing. Um, but their all their album art was like bright colors and flowers, and like Aww. you know their singer on stage would wear like you know dresses you know, would dress like she's in Mad Men or something with, like, wild-colored hair and, like... Is this wise girl-esque in any way? It's, like, almost... It's it's just, like, young kids who are tired of just wearing, like, dirty old Carhartts and just, like, they have friends that are into weird fashion, so they're, you know, they wear weird fashion, too, or, you know, they're also into weird fashion, or... But they also like hardcore. And they like the thing with Scout is is like so open to weirdos. Yeah. And I from the moment of consciousness, I'm not, you know, being like, oh woe is me. I'm simply saying from the moment I had like an awareness that I had an awareness. Yeah. I'm like, I feel different than other people in some pretty key ways and the way that my interactions with these people tend to go please reaffirm yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I recognize that hardcore is one of those things where it's like any whatever the fuck you happen to be on whatever the fuck your tangent or trajectory is, you're welcome. And even if you do a shitty job at it and people insult you, you're still legit for showing up. Mm-hmm. Right. It goes beyond the fucking participation medal. It goes is like. You fucking committed yourself to something that has no fucking chance of any normal social reward, and you're throwing yourself into that with your face planted squarely in a sidewalk, open beyond all hope that you're not going to fucking break yeah. some teeth. And you don't break some teeth? That's fucking wonderful. And yeah. you get up and you try it again. Um, I don't know where that came from, dude, but uh, please do continue. Okay, I was gonna say with that let with that album "How Flowers Grow" that came out in 2021, there was one song on it that was a bit of a change in direction, uh, called "Seed to Sow," which is like this kind of like almost like X-ray specs or something, but just like fuck off, X-ray specs. It's got like have you well, listened like, to them? It has like a sax. has like a you know it has this really nice little sax section and like. You know, it's like X-ray instead stack. of screaming, like you know, their singer was actually singing, and it was just this nice little kind of like melodic punk song. Um, and then this year they released an EP called Psychic Dance Routine, where they like took a turn for more like it's like they still had some like fast and screamy parts in there, with some breakdowns and whatnot, but a lot more like you know they admitted to getting into bands like Elastica and Hole. And stuff like that. 
and kind of like working those kind of sounds in is what like it's like you know what like about Bruce's discovery skull? what about bikini yeah, well, kill? Like, oh well, yeah like it's like that kind of thing where it's like oh you know the God. youth discovering the 90s uh, the alternate the 90s alternative rock um and they're the band that sort of came anybody? from right. the hardcore okay. scene right. that started sort of playing around with those sounds right around that time that sound got popular and like they ended up touring with Limp Bizkit and like I despise Limp Bizkit on yeah but it's like it's definitely they're not a band that fits with Limp Bizkit at all but like you know anyways just to to take it back to the topic at hand at least anyways they're like another one of these younger bands that's like kind of moving from the underground to the more accessible where, you know, old fucks like me would hear them on a regular basis. Um, and like, you know, Scowl ended up playing, I think it was like halftime of like a major, like women's soccer event, um, sponsored by Taco Bell or something like that recently. Um, and just stuff like that. Um, but they still, you know, they'll, they still seem like pretty cool folks who are still into, you know, it's like, their hearts seem in the right place. They're just, you know, they're 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 riding that wave of popularity. It seems, but they're also a band I've ended up listening to a lot this year, just because it's also, you know, when bands take a turn for the like slightly more accessible and catchy, it's something you can just like have on at a wider variety of times, and it's not just like I'm gonna listen to like the grindcore blast beats hour or the like, you know, weird dark abstract hip hop. Or, like, some fucking out there jazz record or something. It's like, oh, no, here's this kind of cool, like, alternative pop rock record I can just put on while I'm fucking making dinner, you know, after I get home from the office. Like, and it's like, good on you, kids, for carrying the tradition. And and, and here's the 21st century joke. You said, when I get home from the office. So I said, don't you work at home, Dan? Ba-doom, boom, ching. I do actually go to the office a couple days Shit. a week. So. Okay, fine. I'm yeah. like, you mean when you walk across, you know, you when you go upstairs from your basement to where your kitchen is and you're th- like, okay. I- those days too. But for those days as well, whether I'm coming up from the basement or taking the bus from downtown. Okay. But yes, anyways, I kind of want to pack those two bands together because I know they've toured a lot together also and just kind of they've both been like mentioned in the same kind of like hey look it's the youths that are like starting to like jump to that next level of recognition here they are like in military gun and scowl who again i would also both you know recommend checking out if you haven't heard them i think they're both pretty good bands honestly and like yeah that's that how about you matt what's your next pick oh yeah um that all sounds so legit, and I'm so impressed with uh, the fact you brought both of those in, and we were able to go on several detours. Needless to say, um, I'm as excited as anybody about the uh, 2023. Like Dan said, uh, I believe in terms of you know whether it's new music or reissues, there's been so much good stuff coming out. So this is to a point where it's like, what do I have to include or else, you know, it's going to feel incomplete. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucero should have known Burnout. Oh. Fuck. I love Lucero. I, I love too. Lucero so goddamn much. Every record they put out is fucking awesome. And every song on every record they put out is fucking awesome. And they're from Memphis, which is a fucking hard-ass town on musicians. It's like, and, like, I just, I, you know, my last memory of a guy named Bloop, 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 who ultimately I stopped being friends with is, you know, he drove me out. uh, I was in town visiting from Qatar. He drove me out to wherever he was staying. He was like, man, you really got to check this out. Um, and I haven't seen the guy since, except when he sort of approached me for money and I ignored him. But I will say to that guy who we maybe 
Maybe we know him based on my description, um, uh, or maybe not. But uh, he introduced me to Lucero, and holy fucking shit. Um, I don't know, man. I almost feel like it's just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> After that one. Oh, God. Just, Lucero like, so Another great. consistently Dude. fucking rad entry. Yeah. Every couple of years, he's just like reliable as a motherfucker. It's just like, wow. You people are just like a living mm. version of the best of what I think Southern punk music can be. Mm. Honestly, they're, um, they're so great. They're just yeah. yeah. And so like, hence I'm wearing the Lucero scarf. I just oh I nice, which I just I didn't want to make sure I wanted to make sure I didn't leave uh, them off. And I mean, really, I mean, since I've got maybe just a bit of time to kill, uh, just in terms of. Uh, you know, things that I spoke to. Uh, let's just say, okay, uh, in case anybody's wondering what the Tommy Stinson Cowboys and the Campfire record looks like, um, I think that pairs very nicely with the uh, replacements offering that, uh, you know, just came out. Again, I feel deeply regretful that I didn't make it to the dude's concert because I purchased the tickets and I just, I literally, like, I wasn't at the point mentally where I could. Felt like I could ask my mom for fucking money to go to a fucking thing. And, like, can I just stay overnight at a hotel and just, like, can you throw me $300? I wasn't there yet. I, I became I became very easily that way, living in close proximity to my family. Oh, yeah, just 200 bucks. Can you just, like, you know, just... But, it's, but at that point, I hadn't quite made that transition. So I fucking... I missed this concert like the fucking lame-ass motherfucker that I am. But that record is pretty goddamn good. It was long gestating. It was originally going to be on Fat Possum, but they couldn't quite come to terms with the uh, label on how they wanted to do it. So whatever. This is a guy who just, he literally, he's like, he, you know, he tours. I, I, I saw this on the replacements, you know, fam thing that most people go to. Um, he's like, he, he, he tours, you know, half of the fucking year. Oh, wow. You think about that. You fucking think about that. You think about the guy who's, you know, 60 years old ish and he's fucking on airplanes and he plays like gigs in like people's backyards in a laundromat in a bowling lane. I really think it's like, if you promise it's going to be nice. And it'll, you know, be, you know, if he can sort of get his whatever. I don't know what his fee is. I, w- I don't even want to hazard a guess. But it's just sort of like you're just you're putting yourself out there. I'm like, I would sort of think that you're – so that would sort of mean that either, like, the replacements are just a drastically financially insecure entity relative to their fucking legacy and output or – this dude is just fucking addicted to performing no matter what uh, because he's been doing it since, you know, professionally since age, like, 11. <laughs> Can you imagine being in the fucking replacements or whatever, you know, thing at age 11 and that's your job, you know? Um, so, anyway, um, it's a great freaking record. And last thing I'll freaking shoehorn into uh, on this is, uh, you know, things that I... I might forget. Uh, I don't want to quickly. I don't want to forget. Uh, I don't have much to say about this one, except that it's rad. Um, Dave House. Uh, okay. Drive it like it's stolen. Um, and Dave House is one of these dudes who all the people on Instagram who are like current punk people, like, you know, like hot water music and friggin' like just all the current like crop of whatever. They're always like, they CC him as a guy. And, you know, it was at the point where he on the uh, Falcon, the you know, the Falcon featuring Lawrence Arms and the dude, one of the dudes from Alkaline Trio, the, on their second of their two records, included him. Um, so it was like the Lawrence Arms, bring in one of the dudes from Alkaline Trio, and then plus this guy. So he's considered legit. He's based in uh, Philadelphia. And it was one of those things where I actually was like, um, you know, me and the uh, SO were, me and Paula were hanging out, um, having some drinks and listening to vinyl because she's cool and lets me 
voice that on her. Um, and she's like, yeah, this is one of the things that I like compared to most of what you played for me. So it's got hard. It's got that kind of, po- you know, post-hardcore vibe airing on the Springsteen side, which some of these cats kind of go towards. Look at you, Craig Finn from the, from the old steady. Look at it. It's sort of like, you know, it's like, and it's like, if I wanted to add uh, one thing that I'll, I'll say, the last friggin' thing I'll say, last friggin' thing I'll say is I love the Gaslight Anthem. I love three records by the Gaslight Anthem. I love two records specifically, and then one from, you know, the guy Brian Fallon putting out with the Horrible Crows, and they're friggin' genius. And everything else they put out is so mid, I have no time for. I wish I could add their release this year. I wish they had fucking Bruce Springsteen on their opening song, you know, and I'm like, I wish I could add them to that. But when Brian Fallon tweeted about, or on his Instagram, he kind of said, Dave House, mayor of Philadelphia. I was like, oh, I know what that means. Oh, oh. Dude, that might even be it for me. Where are you going? What's your next one? Uh, well, yeah. I kind of had three more. But they're Just all, run past me, dude. The thing, though, the three more, they're all debuts, like debut full lengths this year. Like, I think, yeah, they're all the artists have put out, like, EPs and stuff previously. But uh, and I even have copies of a couple of them. Uh, and I guess they're all bands I've talked about on the show before, but still just – so fucking great and records i've listened to so much this year uh the first being edmonton's Homefront. oh uh, their games of power lp uh that came out this year and it's like oh man they're just so great um and it's funny too because it's like a guy from like a total like rancid style street punk band and a guy from like rancid style street punk uh, band it's like yeah because they're one of the guys in the band uh graham they're a singer bassist guitarist uh, previously played in the Wednesday Night Heroes, who originally started, yeah, I think originally just sang about like soccer, um, then spread out. Or they crossed, they, I think some of them are, anyway, I think they shared members with the soccer themed band. But, anyways, they were like just more like kind of like, yeah, like that kind of like 90s street punk stuff. And uh, the other guy in the band, Clint Fraser, uh, played in uh, Ott's Dance Punkers, uh, shout out, 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 out. Um, and, Say uh, that again. I don't. Were you drunk? Or were you? Stuck no, uh, they're. Call, I think I got the right amount of outs. It's again. like I think it's shout out 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 or shout out 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 out. I'll have to. I'll get it clearer than Anyways, but yeah, these two dudes came together to start Canada's greatest post, like Canada's greatest '80s band that never was. And that's the best way I can describe them. Um, yeah, they had an EP last year called Think of the Lie. Uh, that was a lot of fun on La Vida Asun Muse, which is a British label. Uh, that's who put out this LP as well. And yeah, it's just like a mix. You know, it's like a little flock of seagulls, a little bit of the business, a little bit of the misfits, even in some song, you know, Ooh. a song or two. Like... And just like live, they have like a full band that tours with them as well. And like, yeah, they're just... A lot of fun, really catchy, like, you know, it's like a good punk rock record you could put on for, like, a lot of different kinds of people. Um, And, uh, yeah, just, like, probably, like, my favorite Canadian album of the year, for sure. Um, Then the next one is actually, uh, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, talk about a band I don't have a copy of the record of, and that's uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi's MS Paint. Uh, who released their uh, debut full-length uh, Post-American this year, uh, which is... You've been speaking to them on this show yeah, at least they've been... two or three other times. That's... Exactly. Well, they're yeah. probably one of my favorite bands that I've got uh, I've heard in the past couple of years, to be honest. Yeah. And they're just like these like young, just like weird kids from a college town in the South who all have like playing a half a dozen bands, and this is the one that kind of... This is the one that clicked <laughs> of their half a dozen bands that they all play individually at any given time, like, you know, with all their other weird little crew of friends. Um, 
just all kinds of like wacky little home report recording projects and stuff. I get the impression of when I've listened to interviews and stuff with them. Um, and yeah, they're just like MS paint or like, I don't know. It reminds me of that whole, like it's, it carries on the spirit of like, sort of your classic, like nineties aughts, like discord records kind of, or like, even like, yeah, just like, it reminds me of like that kind of like, almost like the discord records kind of stuff or like your ebullition or like those kind of things. But this is the 2020s version. Um, and it's like a bunch of like weird kids in a small town in, in Mississippi who decided that uh, they didn't want to have a guitar player and they were only going to have keyboards, drums and vocal or keyboards, drums, bass and vocals. Um, yeah. And yeah, like it's, you know, they have like guest appearances by like Pierce from Soul Glow and like oh, yeah, and uh, Ian from Soul Military Glow. Gun. Uh, I love Soul Glow. Yeah, they're Sorry. so good. They're Glow. on another record. The next record I'm going to talk about as well. He shows up also. Um, oh, man, yeah. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, that MS Paint album, I've listened to it so, so much this past year. And it's just like really great, passionate, catchy, like, you know. Just music with its own thing going on is the best way to describe it. And, like, some of the songs have, like, you know, big anthemic rock vibes. Some of them are, like, you know, kind of, like, weird, like, synth, you know, synthetic, like, robot rock. And it's, like... I was going to say Zappa-esque. I wouldn't... I don't know if I'd say Zappa. <laughs> D, probably more... I, I, more I've never than listened Zappa. to a Frank Zappa record in my life, so I'd say, you know, yeah no uh oh yeah. god i i literally grew up with like my mom was a frank zappa fan oh so no. i grew up I'm with a, that music I, just I, around i'm a zappa phobe if i'm being yeah honest. no that's uh, that's that's just something that i just yeah, yeah. well she was I'm like, just like yeah, sorry dude i'm sorry yeah just, no it's okay that's something that, yeah, that's it's that that whole thing is just like when i hear people's burn! regalia i just start yeah, to twitch okay. you know like i just can't deal um but MS Paint, their album, really good. And finally, the last one I'm going to talk about um, is a record I actually ended up with two copies of um, because I'm a dumbass um, and realized that sometimes when you hit, you know, preload, preload shipping information from Apple Pay uh, when you're on a record label's website, it's really easy to accidentally hit purchase on something that, say, your significant other may have also bought you for Christmas. Uh, which is how I ended up with two copies of Zulu's debut LP, A New Tomorrow. Which, it's cool because they're one's on yellow vinyl, one's on green vinyl. But they're just, like, this is another one of my favorite records of the year. Um, it's a little more like the heavier side of things. Um, but they mix in a variety of genres. And, like, they all kind of come from slightly different backgrounds. Like, Anaya Lee, who's the guy who started the band initially as, like, a solo project. Uh, he was in a garage rock band called The Bots for a long time and then played in like uh, more like straight ahead, like straight edge band called uh, Culture Abuse for a bit um, and then started Zulu on his own and then sort of built a full band around it. And some of the other members come from like hip hop backgrounds and like more like straight ahead metal backgrounds and just like for a variety of different genres, but like you know, just trying to bring their lived experience as black people to like making really awesome, heavy, passionate, hardcore music that also incorporates all these other genres. And it's just a really fucking great record. Um, and like I said, it's funny. My Spotify wrapped was just like song from the Zulu album, song from the Zulu album, song from the MS paint album, intro from the Zulu album, song from this album, you know, military gun, Song from the Zulu album. Song from the MS Paint album again. Like, I've just listened to it so much. And it's, yeah, like I said, most of the songs are short. Like, I don't know if many of them are more. I think the longest one might be three minutes. Uh, there might be one that's four minutes, but that's because it's got a really long outro. But, yeah, a lot of them are just, like, short, flat, fast blasts of just passion and anger. And, like, it's, they're just, and just, oh, I don't know. They're a great band. I like him a lot. And yeah, um, Pierce from Soul Glow is on one of the songs that they also have another, vo like a vocalist from another hardcore band from Atlanta called Playtime 
who are all whose members are all black. Um, and when they did a video for the song, um, they just redid the scenario video by a tribe called Quest with different you, members, members of the different bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The members of the different bands dressed you up as the members of the different video in uh, the like, scenario. Yeah, fucking genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're great. Yeah. And then like, you know, yeah, like they're just they're just yeah, they're they're one of the ba- just coolest bands I think going right now. And I think there's a great debut album that they put out. I hope they do more. You know? And like I said, <laughs> I ended up with two copies of it. And it's not like you're gonna flip one of them. Like it's a festivist miracle. Exactly. And I was a dumbass who accidentally, you know, auto-filled a little too uh too much shipping information, if you know what I mean. I have spent so many, so many thousands of dollars, like just well, <laughs> my kids are asleep. <laughs> Nobody's going to talk to me on Facebook. I have what I consider mm-hmm. significant resources. And, okay, okay. Before, so this is, I went, Pickaroon's Pivot uh, mm-hmm. is what I went out to the, you know, looking for today. And I found it. Um, and, my real, real last one, my real last one, because I just I realized. As for my background, you know my background, Dan? Do you recognize this at all? Yeah. What is that? The, right is that that, uh, that's not the ship that got, uh, it's some sort of shipping container ship. That's all I recognize. Okay. Okay. This is actually a detail from the cover of uh, Capsize uh, by, Stam- by Sam I Am. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, or sorry, no, Stow Away. I'm like, Sam I Am Capsize. I oh, mean, the, ho- the holidays are a difficult time. Um, hold on, hold on. Stow Away, yes, Capsize. I, was like, I did not I recognize could- that album, Mark, sorry. No, man, no, that's fine, that's fine. I'm like, what do you mean? You haven't been living in my mind uh, for <laughs> last year since this came out? Um, I'm like, it's my favorite record. And I'm like, I don't, I, you know, I, I'm like, anyway, anyway. Um, so um, they put out an amazing record. It's beautiful. You should check it out. Hence okay, my cool. moniker here on the thing. Sam, I amped. Okay. Right? Damn, I am. I can't even be pretend to be like one of these people. Like I've been following them for years. This is really one of those things where it's like, you know, when I took my sort of, uh, you know, tumble into being uh, a midlife, you know, crisis <laughs> record collector at a high level. I'm like, I guess I'll just buy nine of them, and I'm sure they're all good. And as it turned out, you know, past me was right on that regard well done um and even though i'm still paying for those credit card bills and will likely continue to do some for a while um the current girlfriend yeah, the current girlfriend wow i'm you know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna camtasia that out um, yeah we can we can we can cut that part out <laughs> as opposed to like her and anyway anyway Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless us, everyone. Please listen to the new Sam I Am, apparently. Oh, and I made a video from one of their songs uh, about with Octopus in it. Um, I did a self-made video, and I and I shared it to them because in, a, in an interview with, like, the Village Voice, they're like, what's the influence of this song? He was like, it's about Octopus. So I Googled a little bit further, Monterey Canyon. And I made like a lyrical thing of their song, and I, I just took octopus footage, you know, and uh, put the lyrics on it. And I was like, "I'll take this down if you don't like." And uh, they were like, "I like how they walk." That was literally <laughs> what Sam I am said. To me. I like how they walk. Didn't tell me to take it down, and to the, my history of posting things on YouTube, I've had two hundred and sixty something likes on it. It's by far the most popular thing I've ever 
posted on YouTube at age 45 by a embarrassingly significant margin. Um, anyway, man, uh, God blesses everyone. Uh, anything else, man? I, I just kind of went in there. Um, um, I mean, there was just a lot of good news. Well, man. Year, you got some like, extra ones here. Any, anything yeah, else? I'll just throw out some names real quick that yeah. I'm going to put in the notes. Um, okay. I mean, there's some other bands that we've already talked about, like <clears throat> Arm and Hammer, who we talked about a little while ago. I really loved their album this year. Uh, yes. Danny Brown actually put out a new record like at the end of October that was good called uh, Quaranta. Isn't that guy right? a mainstream hip hop guy? Isn't that what Danny Brown? About? He is his. He's kind of his own thing, um, and like is he's he done that? more sort of like accessible. It's funny because at one point he all there's an alternate reality in the multiverse somewhere where he signed with G Unit, uh, Fifty Cent's record label. Uh, okay. But they looked at him at the time where he was wearing like skinny jeans and had like. I think, my kid, hair like like, I, know, I think my 14 year old might have like shown me Danny Brown possibly, but like he's put out a couple records this year. Uh, one with it is like a collaboration with a guy named JPEG Mafia, who's more okay. kind of like weird, avant garde, abrasive, like new, glitchy kind of rap. Um, and this Quarant album is sort of his the album he made after he turned 40 and got sober, basically. Um, and it was kind of a follow-up to uh, his uh, his his breakthrough album was called uh, XXX, which is the Roman numeral 30, which he released on his 30th birthday. Um, okay. And he put this album out on his 40th birthday, but it was after sort of he'd gone and, you know, gotten sober and started going to therapy for a bit and that sort of thing. And it's like kind of it's and at the same time had also like moved to Texas because Detroit had gotten so gentrified. He didn't recognize it anymore. Um, and there's a great song on the album called on uh, this album, Coranta called uh, Jen's terrific vacation. Um, that's him. And uh, I can't remember. It's uh, like a jazz musician from Detroit collaborating on just this, just this weird kind of like, yeah, just uns. I guess creepy, they, they, like creepy vibes, almost sounding song about, yeah, just sort of how Detroit has changed over the years, I guess, kind of thing. Like, and anyways, I really like that album too that uh, just came out a little while ago. Um, and also uh, another new band uh, 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 from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio called Sign Language, who were another one of these kind of like, you know, like, they they run, remind me a lot of almost like Sunny Day Real Estate, or like oh. that kind of thing, but like maybe a little bit heavier. No, but they're all like, you know, okay. it's like, but they 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 sound like Sunny Day Real Estate, but they probably got those records from their parents who were of the age to have gotten into Sunny Day Real Estate when they were around. You know, like you know the young kids kind of picking up the torch. Another one of those situations. Um, yeah, and also. Uh, on the heavier side of thing, uh, the band Jesus Peace put out a new album called So Unknown that I really like. Um, that's just kind of like, just, yeah, heavy, 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 heavy side of hardcore. Like, definitely almost like, and not like sort of like death metal cliches or anything, but just like so down-tuned that it's all just like, abrasive rhythms <laughs> like that kind of that kind of stuff extra kickdowns, like that. you know that's, that's a good way of yeah it but it's like yeah. jesus peace are cool too because like their singer also played in the band nothing who were a big part of the shoegaze revival of the past okay. like decade or so um shoegaze and, revival we're in the extra yeah. minute here folks if you're talking about shoegazer revival on this show anyways that's that's a whole other can of worms but anyways yeah Goodness. i'll leave it at, i'll leave it at the the new jesus piece shoegazer but, uh, revival oh yeah. my lord radical like a all right i've enjoyed this episode a lot um and as a matter of fact i can confidently say that the Previous episode is about to go up, and this one might even just be a day or two. It really depends on the note situation as ever, but uh, no question, you will not be experiencing this particular episode before 2024. So, so whatever happy your, new year. Whatever your cake, whatever your cake is, 
It's been a slice. Bye for now. Bye for now. Yeah.